Well, this morning I'm going to do our Bible reading, which is from 2 Corinthians chapter 8. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They are being tested by many troubles, and they are very poor. But they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped, for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I'm not commanding you to do this, but I am testing how genuine your love is by comparing it with the eagerness of the other churches. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Here is my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing it. Now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. And give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easy for others and hard for yourselves. I only mean that there should be some equality. Right now you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later they will have plenty and can share with you when you need it. In this way, things will be equal. As the scriptures say, Those who gathered a lot had nothing left over, and those who gathered only a little had enough. But thank God, he has given Titus the same enthusiasm for you that I have. Titus welcomed our request that he visit you again. In fact, he himself was very eager to go and see you. We are also sending another brother with Titus. All the churches praise him as a preacher of the good news. He was appointed by the churches to accompany us as we take the offering to Jerusalem, a service that glorifies the Lord and shows our eagerness to help. We are traveling together to guard against any criticism for the way we are handling this generous gift. We are careful to be honorable before the Lord, but we also want everyone else to see that we are honorable. We are also sending with them another of our brothers who has proven himself many times and has shown on many occasions how eager he is He is now even more enthusiastic because of his great confidence in you. If anyone asks about Titus, say, He is my partner who works with me to help you. And the brothers with him have been sent by the churches and they bring honor to Christ. So show them your love and prove to all the churches that our boasting about you is justified. Thank you very much, Jason. Good morning, everybody. It's good to be with you all and um, just before we get into the the teaching this morning which is going to be a little different um, you'll see that there's three of us here and uh, Damien is joining us as well as Julie and myself for this final uh, message in our Money Wisdom series. Before we get into that though I do want to say a big thank you to our tech crew who had who are off camera, obviously none of you can see them, but they are making all of this possible for you to appreciate from your home. So uh, thank you, Tech Crew, for all your hard work. We really love and appreciate all that you do, not just this week, but all the other weeks that you're involved. So, okay, money wisdom. We've been We've already had four messages on this and this is our final one and uh, we've already let you know that this morning we're focusing on generosity and but just as a very quick recap, um, so 
week one, these slides will come up on the screen. So we looked at the biblical foundations and we saw that there are six foundations, grace, reward, humility, participation, percentage, and another one I can't remember. And then the week two was all about the biblical pattern, the money wisdom there. And we looked at that and we said that the scriptures teach us that we first of all give to God and then we save and then we care for the poor and then we work out our living costs and expenses from the rest. Week three, we looked at the eternal perspective and all of these messages are available online. Week four, last week we looked at true wealth and we said that true wealth is godliness with contentment until our Lord Jesus Christ comes again. That's using Paul's references from 1 Timothy 6. Today is uh, generosity, as I said, and really our key text today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verses 1 and 2. Let me just read that to you again, where Paul says, and this is his personal letter to the church in Corinth. He says, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Now, uh, you might want to look at get a map actually and have a look at where the churches in Macedonia are situated and where Greece is situated. They're quite a long way away uh, from one another geographically. And Paul says this to the ones in, in uh, Corinth, on the, which is part of Greece, and he says to them, these churches in Macedonia are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, I love that, which has overflowed in rich generosity. So what a great description, what a great thing, that in the middle of extreme hardship and difficulty, these believers in Jesus, filled with great joy, and that joy overflows in this radical generosity, this rich generosity uh, that... Um, in, and what Paul's doing, uh, for those of you who are familiar with what's going on and those of you that aren't, just a reminder that Paul is actually, uh, the church in Jerusalem is going through a very difficult time, there's a famine and so he's actually, since that's the birthplace of the good news about Jesus Christ, it's spread all throughout the Roman Empire, Paul is sending these men to these different churches and they're giving in to an offering that's going to go back to Jerusalem to help and support the believers in Jerusalem through a very, very difficult time. And this is part of the whole way that the church globally still works and helps today. And we've had an update in New Life News the last couple of weeks and I hope you've had a really good look at that to see how... The generosity of New Life Church has overflowed and gone into other places. We've been able to send our money to places we certainly can't go at the moment and for it to be used by believers in those places for God's purposes there. So, uh, Damien, who's here with us this morning. Welcome, Damien. You're making your platform debut, I think. Thanks, Wayne. <laughs> uh, so... A uh, couple of questions then. Really, Damien, I want you to introduce yourself so that people get a bit of context about, about why you're here. Uh, so you're a member of the board, you're a member of the overseers. Tell us a little bit about that. Yep, no worries. Um, so I joined what was then called the Executive Leadership Team in 2010. Um, and currently I'm part of both the overseers team and the board. And I wear the hat of treasurer at the moment as well. And you wear it well. So, now, and Damien, what's your day job? Uh, obviously, husband and father. Um, I also, you know, my paid work, if you like, is uh, with a mining company. Um, my role there is in the water planning space, so I'm really looking five to ten years ahead for the business, um, making sure the right work's getting done to enable the plan, the business plan. Um, and that requires me to be driving uh, quite a lot of, uh, stewarding a lot of dollars and studies uh, and then also you know, uh, quite large sums, talking tens to hundreds of millions of dollars worth of infrastructure planning uh, for the business that they need to um, build into their bigger plans. You know, mining companies tend to have the budgets of small countries these days. 
It's phenomenal, yes. And uh, and here in Western Australia, of course, the the mining industry is a great contributor to the, the Western Australian and the Australian economy as well. And so you're part of all that. And uh, now, one of the core values that New Life has had as a church is generosity. And um, Damien, you're the treasurer, you get a, like an inside look at that. And so... I want you to unpick that a little bit, what that looks like from the inside um, for our church. Yep, happy to. Um, there's a, a slide with a bit of a pie chart that uh, gives you a, a, a sense of scale and shape here, but the headline numbers first. Um, from the 1999 to, to today, which is a better part of 22 years, um, we've given $1,634,000 away from ourselves uh, as a church um, and that if you sort of divide that by 22 that that's about $74,000 a year that we're giving away from ourselves um, as an overflow of, of what run, mm. comes into yeah, New Life Church. Um, there's a number of different components to, to that giving um, from the, the local context uh, We've given over $810,000 into, when I say local, that's national, uh, but predominantly into the Fremantle region, it would be fair to say. Um, $580,000 of that is via the Jubilee Welfare Fund, which is a, a registered charity, which is has a, a designated uh, area that, that it can function in, and that's around giving to people in necessitous circumstances um, and within Australia, and again predominantly within our local communities. Uh, and also from the New Life poor ties with what we call the, our Compassion and Mission account, um, about $230,000 of that has also gone into our uh, local context. Um, then you can see the, the shades of orange and brown, the international giving on that chart. Mm. Um, up to $460,000 has gone away from us uh, into... You know, really missionaries and international uh, ministries uh, with a particular focus on the Middle East, Israel and the persecuted church. Uh, again, to what Wayne spoke of before uh, from the from the First Corinthians 8, uh, where the, the opportunity to, to bless mm. our, our brothers uh, yeah. where we can't physically uh, be there and, and assist, we can send our finances. And also... In terms of the, the giving, the um, another one that's a, a large component of uh, this giving has been uh, into the building fund or the House of Prayer vision uh, for New Life. And there was, for those who were around in 2010, there, a large amount of that those funds came in through a special offering yeah. uh, in our church at that time. And, and they were able to be utilised uh, a number of ways through the years um, to support uh, our church, but obviously with the establishment of our new offices and prayer room that's been uh, a real blessing and, and key to that being able to be established at this time sure has yep hmm. Hmm. so they're the kind of the, the stats the overview um <laughs> Wayne, is there anything hmm. that you want to unpack from those stats for us well it's it's um it's inspiring to hear that again um just the faithful year-on-year -year giving you know, yeah, um, and we hope that you are encouraged, uh, New Life Church. Yeah, I hope you're all jumping <laughs> up and down in your lounge rooms um, and going, "Wow!" By the generosity and wow. the different ministries that that we've been able to sow into, and the people that we've been able to, the poor people, you know, in our midst and elsewhere that we've been able to help. And the mm. key thing is the the it doesn't it hasn't happened by accident. Yep. Uh, it's this thing, and Paul picks it up in. In this passage in 2 Corinthians 8, where he talks about the churches in Macedonia, they first of all gave themselves to God, and secondly, they gave themselves to the ministry, and the money flowed from that perspective. And it always happens like that. It's always, first you give yourself to God, you, you then you give yourself to one another, and then the giving flows out of that practice. Yeah, it's also interesting um, to see how the biblical pattern for giving that we've been teaching... Um, since 2009, actually, hmm. um, you know, which is the Taruma ties and poor ties. Interesting to see um, that's actually mirrored in in the annual amount. So there's been a real grace of of, of giving. Yes. 
that, that, that God. Yeah. So that $74,000 that you're talking about, mm. Damien, if you average it, that annual amount, when you do the percentages, actually the corporate giving is mirroring mm. those percentages that we teach people individually um, to, to commit to and to see as a biblical pattern of giving. It's massive. Yeah, actually, it didn't it's set out to do that, but that's, that's how it is. Yeah. You teach that, we give like that, and it's been being mirrored corporately uh, in, as, a, as a whole church. Yeah. All right, we'll uh, step, it, step it back in, in terms of how, um, asking you the question here, of how uh, God's shaped and taken you on a journey of personal challenges to really discipline you in the area or shape uh, your generosity uh, view if you like um, yeah if you can share some of that, it's been that a story journey. yeah, yeah it, it has sure. been um so so damien's asking us personally right now okay so mm. we're really going back <laughs> we're really going back here um so we've been married for 37 years almost next almost. month next month, next month. Yeah, yeah that's yeah. it 37 before i got that right yeah. um and when we when we got married we had nothing true we had nothing and I'd, I'd paid off all my debts. Yes. <laughs> yeah, started at ground zero. So <laughs> Ground zero is excellent. Yeah. Better to go in with no debt. Um, yeah. and, and so, but it was a real, you know, it was a real journey and it was an amazing journey. It was an amazing journey. Hmm. And for, for many years, in fact, I would say until 2006, Wayne, 2006, when we built a home in Belia, we lived from week to week. As much as we wanted to have savings, there wasn't yeah. the surplus. Mm. And so that's a long time. We had two be... teenage sons at that time. And yeah, they they eat a lot. They do eat a lot. It's amazing. <laughs> so um, we, we, have, we have encountered God as our provider, Jehovah faithful. Jireh. He's been Very faithful. faithful. He has never let us down. Um, so we want to just give a few examples here, um, really going back now. In our first year of marriage, um, you know, we had bomby cars for a long time. In fact, those of you in New Life Church can remember our old cars. I'm sure you can. Um, but we, we had this van because we were focused on youth ministry at that time. We were. Uh, and... Um, we, we, we had this long wheelbase. What was it? It's a, it's a Mazda. A Mazda long, long wheelbase, wheelbase van. You can fit more kids in the back if it's yeah. if it's if it's a long wheelbase. Yeah. No seats. You were allowed yeah, to in those days. Yeah. Well, kind of. Well. So um, anyway, we we had this van, and uh -huh. the youth group was having a camp. Now I can't actually remember why we weren't going on that camp. I think because we were new parents. Oh, maybe no, 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 no. no, no. no. First year of marriage. Okay. No. Come on. Oh no, um, no, that's true. So. Uh, mm. Anyway, mm. there was a reason. But yeah. the youth leaders had um, asked us if they could borrow our van, you know, just basically load it up as you do when you take the youth down south. Um, and this was our first test, I remember, being as, as a married couple. It was like, oh, um, okay, so God wants us yep. to share things. He wants mm -hmm. us to share our belongings. And so we prayed about it and we felt like, yeah, God, yeah, we're going we're gonna to lend our, we're going to lend our van, um, to a trustworthy, the guy who's leading it, who was going mm -hmm. down with, with the team. Actually, it wasn't a youth camp. That's why we weren't mm -hmm. going. It was a worship team. They were it's taking a team some, a team yes. down to minister. That's right, a worship team. So yeah. anyway. Small and, country church. Yeah, small country church. So we lent it and we lent it. Um, happily, but after we had contemplated, you know, um, that decision and also how that impacted everything, all of our possessions and everything we owned and how we should steward them. Well, the youth group, they got back this small group of, um, young adults and, and they got back and I remember them breaking the news to us that the engine had blown up. Like, in that long trip, something about the oil had all blown out through the rings. I don't know. I don't understand yeah, vehicles. Like that. But in those days, hmm. that was relevant. So, <laughs> um, and our, our van came back to us useless. Um, and They limped back up Albany Highway. Yeah, very slowly. Hmm. And 
you know what? They never offered even to pay anything. Like nobody took up an offering to even give us anything towards fixing it. Mm. And we were just like, oh, okay, thanks. And we didn't have the money mm-hmm. to fix it. Yeah. And we... I was a theological student. Theological student. And Full time. Mm. I was, yeah. We just didn't have the money. Yeah. And I remember us having lots of conversation about this and talking to God about it and saying, but God... We felt like you said to do this and we want to live generously and look what's happened to our van. Mm. Anyway, God provided. Long story short, God yeah. did provide and our van got fixed um, and at, at no cost to us at, because somebody else stepped in. That was a big test. That but was what a big a, test. But what about the, the yeah. time when we got that bill, so, Wayne? From... Then there was another one. So this is all the time God shaping us and going, well, do you trust me or do you trust your stuff? That's the question I think God was putting to us. in, in the, Even though that we had nothing. So we were kind of thinking, we do trust you, God. It's like, well, let's just test that theory, basically. And so the next one was a couple of years later. So now I've, I'm still a theological student. I think this is now Nathan has been born. Yep. So... And um, so I'm working part-time, I think two days a week for the church, studying yeah. part-time. I'm the youth pastor yeah. at, this, at this church. Still no money, in other words. And, um, but we, but uh, we had to get our tax done. I spoke to a friend of mine who was a pastor. I said, Do you reckon, is there a good tax guy you can recommend? He recommended to me this Christian guy. We went, we, you know, we told this, you know, gave him all the facts and figures that you do when you give your tax. So, and, so you know, you got, you know, it's pretty straightforward and all those kind of things. And anyway, so then a uh, couple of weeks later, we got his bill and I can still remember the emotional trauma of opening that, expecting something, uh, you know, that, anyway, expecting something far less than what I got because the bill was $1,600. Which even today is a lot for it's like wow this is phew. and I just remember being frozen at that point yeah. and going this is a crisis <laughs> we'd barely earned sixteen hundred dollars let alone have a have a bill for our accountant for sixteen hundred dollars so and again but that was that situation of of trusting God um, I did call him um, he graciously apologised and halved the bill Ooh, that was still still bitter to swallow but anyway um but we had been impacted by uh two um christian pioneers uh from their from their biographies one was george Mueller, who started many orphanages in europe and hudson taylor who started the china inland mission and both of those men were were men of prayer who would seek God. They 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 did not tell um, what was what their needs were financially, even though they had plenty of financial needs. There was no such thing as GoFundMe pages. There was none of that that even existed back then. They believed that if God had called them to do what they were going to do, that God knew where they were and God could could touch people anywhere in the world and send money to them and so that was how they exercised their faith and we took that on board and we didn't share people we're not going to tell anyone we're just going to pray we're just going to pray and say lord you know us you know where we are and you know where the money is and you can bring this about and then one evening at the end of our Sunday evening church service at the church where we were serving and I went to pick up my Bible at the, off the front seat where it had been sitting while I'd been talking and chatting to people I found inside an envelope with several hundred dollars um, I can't remember exactly the amount but it was a significant proportion of what we what we needed and yeah. so that's and that we was were part of we were amazed because we are not told and, and so this thing of yeah. God, you can be trusted. Yeah. Such God, a you're faithful. Yeah. So encouraging. Yeah. And uh, I suppose the next big thing was when um, we were pastoring at Lakeside and we sensed God just moving quickly here now, calling yeah. us to, 
to somewhere. We were, we were on yeah, the move. On he the was move. moving us. We didn't yeah. exactly know when at the time. But anyway, it all became clear over that year. Yeah. We resigned. We, we, we went to the States. Mm. Um, and, but that was an interesting process as well because, again, we didn't have money in the bank. Mm. Um, now, by this stage, God had been gracious to us and we had uh, got into a, a, a home in Katanning where we'd been four years previously um, through the Keystart um, yes. you know, yep. um, thing. Again, no deposit, but we, we got in and then we sold that house and moved to, to Perth and we had just enough to buy a little house in Kubalup. And back then, the little Kubalup houses were a lot cheaper than they are now. Yes. And... <laughs> um, and we, we were able to get into this house and, you know, it was equivalent to paying rent most likely. Mm. And, you know, that's really what we had. And again, we had this, this house that was a little bit paid off, well, you know, not much, but, and, and our belongings. And I remember, you know, this is cutting a long story short, but when God had confirmed where we were going, what it was to be, you know, and we added up all the costs, we were like, well, God, um, God is going to provide. Yes, and 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 for you, convinced Wayne, about that. It, you were convinced, yes. and somebody was going to come put a check in our hand. You were convinced about I was. that um, because this yes. is how God provides That's what he when does. you don't have the money, when you yeah. have no means. And you know, God, you know, God was really, He was so patient and kind, and He spoke to us about mm. about the the pearl of great price. price. Yes, and He said, "Go fund yourselves." Mm. <laughs> he said, "Sell everything you've got." Yeah. That's, that's my plan for you. Yeah. And it was such a test, another test. Go sell what you've got. You yeah. have enough. We mm. had just enough. Mm. Our home was sold on New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. Yep. And when the little bit that we had in the home went into the bank together with everything that we had, and there were people in this church who bought our rubbishy old electrical items just so that we could get over the line. Help us, yes. And gave them back to us when we came back. Garage mind sale. You. Um, you know, yep. uh, we got over the line, just got over the line, enough in the bank to get the visa. Mm. And God was saying, you can, you can trust me. He said it again, you can trust mm. me. You can trust me. And he provided all the way through, um, you know. But there was another, there was another a lesson, wasn't there, Wayne, in the States? In the States no income. is that willingness to, we're, the invitation from God to, to give to him. We didn't have an income. We're living off savings. That's being eaten away. And in that place of having that sense and that God wanted us to to continue to say God where our trust is in you and and to give into things yeah because we didn't want to we don't mm. every day we didn't want to have that conversation and it was starting no. to happen where it's like well we can't afford that well can we get this? Well, no we can't afford that yeah. you know because we've got this much in the bank and we sat down and we said no hang on this doesn't feel right mm. either God is our provider or he's not yeah. and from that moment we decided mm. actually to tithe and we would actually put money in the offering out of mm. our savings when we went to church on Sundays yep. because our trust was in God. Yes. Yep. So. Starting new life. So then we came back here yeah. and the confirmation again of God speaking to us and saying, yes, I want you to start new, what's now become New Life Church. And of course, and so we had no resources. Back to ground zero. Back to, we're on ground zero. <laughs> Nothing left. Uh, we've got no, no backing from a denomination or network or anything like that. And it's simply this exercise of a few people coming around us and saying, we'll join you in this venture and we'll see what God, God does. And, and even so we're stepping in we with that. We were willing at that mm. point, weren't we, to, to do the worker pastor thing, yes. you know, to, to pastor, to yes. pioneer yep. and to work um, day jobs. But God again said to us, that's not what I'm calling you to do. To. Yeah. I'm calling you to trust me. Mm. I want you to get on with the work. And that's what we and did. And that's what we did. Um, yes. And in those early years um, of new life, mm. any surplus that we received, because in the first, in the first I, I can't remember how long it was, two or three years, it was just whoever, it was a small number of people. And, and as people put their offering, whatever that was going to be, we just divvied it up. Um, and 10% always went away. From that little bit, forty percent was saved to 
to for resources Operation, for operational yep. yeah operational costs mm. and then the other bit that was left was given to us as as salary um, it wasn't a salary mm. but it was always enough and you know and and in that situation yeah god again provided in in so many different ways um, but there were a few occasions a few occasions in that early up to, to, to 2006 when, for some reason, we were given a sum of money. Hmm. And this is what we would do. We would say, Lord, is that for us? Or do you want us to be a conduit? Yeah. We could use it, hmm. but Lord, if you've given it to us so that we, we can, can be a conduit yeah. hmm. to someone else... We want to do that. Mm. And that's how we lived. Mm. It's amazing how you live yeah. when you don't have enough. <laughs> it's just wonderful. Mm. Um, and they were really blessed times. And, and so that's what we did. And usually, and this was, an, this was again God testing, you're talking about God discipling us mm. in money. Usually, God said, give it away. And he showed us who to give it give to. to. Just yeah. before mm. 2005, we were given a sum of money. And, and it was actually the, the biggest amount we'd ever received. Not, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't huge, but it was, it was big for us. And we said the same thing again to God. What do you want us to do? And he directed us to give half of it away. So we gave it and we kept this. We didn't know what it was for, but we were trying to get into our own home. We, we moved house probably six or seven times, yes. um, rental properties in mm -hmm. those early years of new life. And each time we went to the bank, no, you don't earn don't enough. Qualify for you don't yeah. earn enough and you don't have any savings. So mm -hmm. that's the end of that. Well, this time it was different. Can't tell you all the details, no. but God got us in to a home with no deposit, your parents weren't guarantor on the loan. It was amazing. And that little bit that he had told us to keep was just enough to pay the, the, what stamp, it, duty, the stamp duty. On yes. the purchase of the block. <laughs> that we needed. Mm. And we were into mm. our own home. And we had enough to pay the mortgage because mm. we were renting. Just amazing. And, and, and God, we just want to give you the honor. This testimony is to give you... Honor and thanks because we're remembering all well, that you've done, done for us. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And we had come to the place of peace because we, we had come to the place of being settled in our hearts that maybe we would not ever own our own home. Yeah. And in that priestly Levitical thing of God promising that he was their inheritance, we'd come to embrace that and say, yeah. Lord, if that is what happens, we will keep trusting you. Because you're our inheritance, you're yeah. our great reward, and that's what we're living for. Mm. And that, and that, that was actually, when you settle those issues yeah. in your heart, you just have peace, mm. and it's a great, great thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Damien, that's some of how God has schooled us. We could talk for a long time, but we'll I think we we'll keep moving on. Thanks, Wayne. So, in terms of translating those personal training ground if you like into when New Life Church was started um, how are these giving principles sort of baked into how New Life does money yeah well straight away as Julie said from the very first offering that we we took up uh, we set aside 10% to be given away to the work of God in other places and that really was that's been a foundational thing and something that we've we have continued to do and and we want because we said we actually want to be a generous church because it's generosity is not about this how much you've got it's about uh, open-hearted generosity of giving away giving yourselves to the lord our god is generous magnificently generous beyond anything that we could really know or comprehend in terms of giving of himself and his son to the world and we wanted to reflect the character of god through being a generous church. Mm. So that would be the first mm. thing mm. I want to say. What yeah. do you want to say, Jewel? Yeah, it's, it's, an, act of, it's an act of trusting God. It, yeah. it's, it's saying every week. And when we give yes. away, when mm. we give out of what people are giving, you know, as well, and give away, it's saying, God, it belongs to you. 
Yes. It belongs to you, and we mm. are dependent on you for your provision. Well, JWF, as you mentioned, Damien, I mean, that was started in 2003. It is a DGR charity, and it is um, a vehicle for giving to the poor, um, and, and that has been such a blessing, such a blessing, because, you know, when crisis happens, um, to, to have a fund that new life people, it's primarily new life people, almost exclusively. Um, we don't advertise this for people to give to outside, but almost exclusively new life people give into JWF, the mm. Jubilee Welfare Fund. And so when there is a crisis or when someone in need, I mean, someone needs help, yeah. they, they need help, we are in a position to give yeah. and to support and to bless and it's a, it's a wonderful thing for a church to be ready to give to people in need and to have the, the finances there and to make it simple and to make it easy. Um, and so, again, just thank you, New Life, because, mm. you know, there are so many generous supporters of this charity from within this church. Um, and it has, has just been such a blessing to so many, mm. so many. You know, we, we, we were there making is. 500 Christmas hampers for years in the yeah. early days, mm. um, you know, at a cost of about $35,000, you know, to put, to buy, the, buy all that stuff and put it together. I mean, there's just so many ways that that fund has multiplied and, and, and it's just been given to, to others. It's been broken and pressed down and running over. Yeah. Yeah. The biblical festivals highlighted a pattern um, God's patterns for us and that triggered something else Wayne yeah look it did uh, I just want to back a little bit to say coming back to these foundation stones was one of the foundation stones was because um, been ministering for 10 years before we started New Life Church and money was always a difficult topic for uh, and the churches we'd been in and some of the senior pastors we'd been under would really struggle to talk uh, honestly with the congregation and even honestly with um, their board or elders uh, about financial matters. And so one of the things that I was very, well, for both of us, but really was just to say at the beginning, we want to be a church that talks about matters that are difficult to talk about without blowing ourselves up, <laughs> so to speak. You know, we want to be able to have these kind of conversations. And part of the way that I went about that was to say, each year I'm going to teach a, a four or five week series on money that will encompass all of life in terms of how people use their finances. And we haven't hit it every single year, but we've hit it for the bulk of those years of doing a series like what we're doing now. And therefore making it a safe conversation and we do it at board level and Damien, you know, you'll talk about that in a, in a minute. Um, we have the real conversations about what's, what's going on. So that, that was a foundational thing as well, Damien, in the sense of wanting us to be a church that really is discipled and wise in, and, and because the church it relies on the faithfulness of the people. We don't have, you know, something over here called New Life Church that funds this. We fund, we together fund New Life Church. So the generosity of the people. But if the people are not discipled in knowing the ways of God, the faithfulness of God, the goodness of God, then that won't overflow. So the, the habit of teaching and reminding people every year, this is what God is like. This is how you do it. Because when you follow God's pattern, it's amazing. And that's what we have seen that's personally. That's our yeah. testimony. And that's the testimony of the church as well. So um, when we were going, in about 2008, we got connected to celebrating the biblical festivals. Uh, and we, we began to also learn that there's this other pattern, which includes Taruma and tithes. So we got plugged into that and we began to teach on that and and it's just following God's pattern it's like he blesses his pattern it's kind of like it's not hard mm. it's it's to it's might be hard to do because it's not complicated yeah. it, it you just obey and so again you come back to this thing of 
You set your heart to obey God. And you just do it. And he builds it. And he, he multiplies it. Yeah. yeah. And so, Damien, you came into the treasurer role. Um, you were, first of all, on the executive leadership team, like it was called back then. And then more recently, you came into the treasurer role. And so this, this journey, you've seen some of the inside bits of how this plays out. So tell us a little bit about that. Yes, I can do that. Um, so, yeah, as, as you said, it, and it was a challenging experience in some ways. I had to uh, change my perspective of uh, not treating a church like a business, uh, that it's uh, how do you navigate the good mm. stewardship and, and direct directives by faith from God. Uh, so that, that was a, an ongoing... <laughs> Uh, journey as part of that so yeah I came to the role of treasurer in 2016 um, and yeah contrasting it in terms of you know budgeting and financial planning like I said versing the business context was uh, quite a stretch uh, in the business context not only should you but you're kind of required to have your budgets balanced and defensible and and making sense from every way you look at them uh, so you can uh, request the money from the MD and things happen um, in the new life context, it, it wasn't unusual to to have the expenses outweighing the incomes and uh, what we, um, I guess, uh, called deemed it the, the God gap, and that was kind of a, mm. a mark that we were um, the budget was suitably stretched with a with a faith gap for us. Um, and yeah, over those years, with the treasurer hat on, but also uh, being part of the conversations before that since 2010, um, you know, when the vast majority of our incomes come from the Taruma and Tides um, and they, they've been known to fluctuate week to week, month to month, year mm. to year, they, they're uh, you know, obviously dependent on people's context and, and what's going on for them and, and how they're engaging uh, with the, the generosity uh, walk that's in front of them. Mm. On our side of the fence, in terms of our expenses, it's uh, dominantly salaries and you know, rents and building costs, which are all pretty much fixed costs. So when the tides don't come in, you don't have many levers to pull in terms of making sure the bills are paid. And, and you know, on the, uh, I guess, the, the, the lean side of that conversation and the, the years of famine, if you like. Um, yeah. That meant we were having conversations about uh, salary cuts uh, on numerous occasions, uh, which is, again, to, the, to Wayne's point, they're not fun conversations, but they're ones that you need to navigate and come out with uh, unity on the other side of how you're going to um, navigate that, but also, obviously, in submission to, to God and knowing uh, that we've prepared our budgets, submitting it to him and here we are, and this is just part of our training ground. So there weren't just conversations, were they? No, there was, uh, obviously mm. there, there was uh, seasons where there was uh, cuts of varying degrees and uh, you know, sometimes, yeah, never fun and, and quite significant uh, and for extended periods. Um, yes. We'd always have a desire to, to reset things back to, mm. at least back to where they were. If not, um, take, you know, we wanted to... As a board, we always want to honour uh, the workers and make sure they are rewarded for, for what they invest in, in us. Um, uh, but that's, yeah, all, all this is, a, a, like I said, a balancing act of how, how do we uh, navigate this while keeping our eye on, on what God's doing in our midst. Touching a little bit on the flip side of that, in the last 18 months, you know, there's been uh, quite a few surprises for us or, you know, in terms of, Operating costs and budgets, you know, we, we've had uh, some extraordinary things going on with the COVID uh, mm. hitting. We've had to accelerate now our technology walk and there was an, obviously some expenses in the background, some training to come up to speed on that. That was um, something yeah. we just had to absorb just, yeah. uh, as part of functioning. Mm. Uh, and obviously we've had a building project going on as well and uh, I can't talk numbers here as much as just declare that, you know, God is multiplying finances somewhere in the background to to bring us through this because it's yeah. uh, it's been a really encouraging season for me to you know the visibility I have on on that side of the the, the ledger if you like um, 
you can see that God is definitely at work in our midst and it encourages me because it, it gives us confidence that we are aligned with where he's breathing on what he wants us to be doing and positioning. Um, one last thing. So, you know, you're obviously hearing that the, the faith balance of a, of a budget is, is something we, we obviously put first. Uh, how, how is God directing us rather than putting confidence in our own bank balance? But that doesn't mean we don't focus on being good stewards and, and tight, really, being really focused on good fiscal management. Um, want to, to, to note that the, you know, Lena and, and the, um, the staff team do a really great job of, you know, before we ever go to talking about, uh, historically talking about, you know, salary cuts, we're making sure that every other penny is squeezed uh, really tightly. And, and now um, mm. the team do a really fantastic job of making every dollar work really hard. Um, so I just wanted to mention that as well because it's it's yeah uh, it's big, pretty amazing. Big shout out, big shout yeah. out to Lena, our business manager, who really all the time has been so zealous to maximise every dollar uh, for the church. She's become a great prayer warrior she, yes. in that role. Yes, and there's lots of stories to tell of God's provision. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. should we keep moving on? Yeah, well, Julie, so. Yeah. The board's made decisions. You're our pastor for vision and mission. Bring us up to speed with some of those, how these, some of these things are going behind the scenes, what's emerged in our board conversations in the last 10 years. Yeah, okay, so now we're, we're looking at the, 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 direct, the direction, the future, the big picture is of, of where we sense um, the things that God's alerting us to Mm. Um, and to be ready for in terms of our giving away fr- from ourselves. Um, so this is not the operational budget. I'm talking about the giving away because we are certain that God is going to bless new life to be able to give away even yeah. more than we do now. Mm. So, But first of all, 2010, the Lord began to show us clearly his mandate or really his directive uh, to raise a Daniel generation. So we, we have the college, um, the first 10 years of which were very tough, um, in, ca- in case you don't know that. Hmm. The first five years were life and death hmm. um, in terms of finances and the, and the school being able to, to will, it, will it live or will it die, right? Yeah. But, uh, and I remember one night and Wayne had come home from a board meeting um, and yeah. it really was, it, it was like, if God doesn't break through, it's finished. Yep. That we need financial breakthrough. The the board um, of of the, of the of the college had they'd put their credit cards on the table that night to pay the wages, mm-hmm. and so we needed breakthrough. Um, and I and so we prayed um, as you know we were going to sleep, and, and and I was like, well, Lord, it's up to you. I mean, maybe you gave us the college for another reason. I, I don't know. And that night I woke up um, and. Running around in my spirit. It had obviously been going around and around in my spirit. And the Lord said this to me, don't sell your inheritance for a bowl of soup. And that was the night I knew that this college was an inheritance and an entrustment from the Lord. And that the students he was going to bring here, they mattered immensely to him. And he had preserved this college and he was saying, now I want you to steward this. I'm giving this he literally gave it to us yep. to steward for his purposes and his plans. Uh, and so that, w- that was very significant. And it has resulted in significant work and spiritual battles and hours of prayer. Yep. Um, and New Life has given significant financial support to the college in those early years, yes. in those first mm. you know, 10 10 to 12 even years, there's been tremendous um, support in the background. And the college is standing on its own two feet. Praise the Lord. And growing yeah. and developing yes. and raising. Okay, that mm. we may not be there yet, but that mandate to raise a Daniel generation is strong. And so we will continue um, to resource this ministry in the way God has directed us to. The next thing, which was a year later in 2011, um, God began to speak to, to the board um, and, and he was leading us to increase our giving to ministries in the Middle East, actually. So we had, we would, we'd been giving money away different 
different things around the world and um, very good causes, but he began to focus us in on the on the Middle East. And this is um, this is this is a prophetic alignment, uh, if you like. This is aligning with the biblical scriptures. Um, we understand. Now, I don't have time to unpack all the scriptures for you, so I'm just going to say some, make some statements, and you'll yep. have to go away and check yep. it out yourself. Yep. But we understand that the epicenter of conflict when Jesus returns will be the Middle East, and particularly the battle for Jerusalem. Um, the Bible, uh, Bible prophecy reveals um, that some very significant things will be happening in the Middle East in, in, in the years leading up to Jesus' return. There's going to be a harvest of souls mm. in the nations surrounding Jerusalem. This is biblical prophecy. In times of great pressure, and this harvest will yield wholehearted disciples of Jesus, Arabs, Muslims. I mean, it's, mm. it's going to happen. It's yeah. happening now. In the mm. Middle East, uh, and we are involved in that and giving to that now. So this was 2011. We were contemplating this, and um, you know, it's you know, I think I'm just going to put this in here. The Bible doesn't say this, but my thinking is when I look at World War II and I look at those people, those families who hid the Jews. I think of that. I think of Revelation 12 when it says, when God says, uh, you know, he's preparing a place in the wilderness for, for Israel to, be, to hide. It's like the wilderness. Where do you hide in the wilderness? Well, they're going to be sent out. They're going, to be, they're going to rush out of Judea and Jerusalem. And there's going to be these ones that have come to Christ. And, and they're going to take them in. It's, it's going to be phenomenal. I, I can really see that. And the, um, Jesus himself said in Matthew 24, when he was giving, you know, the disciples were saying, well, what are the signs of the times and how will we know, you know, that you're returning? And so he gives them all the signs of the time and uh, of the end of the age. He speaks into it. And, of course, none of them are going to see it at that, you know, mm. from this yeah. From 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 Earth, um, and but he he lists all these things. You can read it yourself. But he gets to the end, and he's he's warning them about persecution and false prophets and deceiving, you know, many and people's love growing cold. And he finally warns them that when the abomination that causes desolation, and he references Daniel, that one, let the reader understand that one, when that happens. Those who are in Judea at that time must flee to the mountains. And from that time until the end, there will be time of great distress like the world has never seen. This is all coming into focus. And God has been shifting our perspective. And, you know, we will always support the persecuted church. But he's shifting it to the ministries in the Middle East. You know, places like... Iran, Israel, you know, um, Afghanistan. I mean, there's, there's many places, yeah. um, different places that we've given to already, and some of those ministries have been ongoing. And that is because we know that that is positioning ourselves biblically to sow into a tremendous move, an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. So we're wanting to equip people to, to be missionaries there now. We want to equip mission there now, whatever that looks like. And there's all kinds of mission that's going on. And, and actually there's been an upsurge of missionaries, people wanting to be missionaries um, in Israel to the Jews. It's amazing. So we're just telling you that this is part of the way that w this is a significant component of that overseas giving. And so Damien, at that time, in accordance with what God was speaking to us, and, and you had been, um, whoa, were you the treasurer at the time? Not no, you weren't. no, you weren't. You weren't, actually. You weren't yeah, the treasurer at the time, the but you were on the board. Yeah. 2016, you became mm. the treasurer. Um, mm. God, w God spoke to us, and we created... Um, in 2011, a resource allocation policy. Um, and I just wonder if you could just unpack that really quickly and briefly to give people an idea, well, how does that policy govern our giving into the future? Sure. Uh, 
and yeah, I was, I think, part of the little subcommittee that was working on that at the mm. time. Um, so yes, this resource allocation policy is, is really, uh, provides the board with an agreed set of rules or principles on how we manage new life's finances. Mm. Um, and it's, the contents of the directives of that policy help us as a board discuss and, and consider how best to, to steward funds on a decision-by-decision decision basis in, in our meetings. Um, term and tides, obviously this income that we get for operational costs is segregated in our operating account so that money is given for a particular purpose and stewarded for that purpose. Um, likewise, poor tides when they come into the new life account um, uh, accounted for separately, uh, and this money is obviously set apart um, for, a, for uh, a number of different purposes that we kind of touched on already. But uh, you know, obviously local uh, giving, uh, giving to the global persecuted church, and also supporting disciple-making ministries in Israel and the Middle East, and also supporting the global prayer and worship movement. They're, they're kind of the, the the key areas that we go. Okay, if we've got yeah. funds in this account. Does it align with, with these areas? Is it something that we feel God's directing us to give into? Uh, and something else to be clear about um, is that these, this money in this poor tithe account, and it can be tens of thousands of dollars at a given time, uh, is never on the table if we're talking about salary cuts or operational budgets. It's something that mm. it doesn't cross ledges. It's, yeah. it's, it's set it's apart right. it's set and apart. It's, it was yes. given for a purpose and it's, it's mm. stewarded that way. Yeah. Um, Likewise, with uh, special offerings and the harvest offering monies, they're often uh, mm. given with a particular discrete purpose in mind. When people are allocating it, they say, oh, I would like this to go to Barnabas Fund or the Persecuted Church, or this money is given uh, just to uh, pay for youth workers into the college. Um, That's right. Or it's given for you know, a building fund activity to establish a house of prayer. So... And so we very much uh, make sure, that one of the key principles in all of that is that uh, the purpose that the money is given for is honoured and respected all the way through the process. Um, so just one other thing to mention. So outside of New Life Finances, if you like, we do have obviously JWF as a, a registered charity and that's money that obviously, as we described earlier, it, it's given to the charity for um, people in necessitous circumstances within our local community and that money is... Uh, stewarded according to that as well and can completely separate from yeah. uh, New Life Finances. Yeah, yeah Tish. Thanks, Thanks Damien. Good yeah, summary. look, it's um, for many years, <laughs> for many years, New Life, um, we have fluctuated between having enough and not enough <laughs> um, and hence the hard decisions and mm. the, the s several times where we've had to cut our staff uh, salaries until that situation had resolved itself. But I just want to, we want to say this morning, and you've already said it, Damien, actually, but the Lord is blessing. The Lord is blessing our finances. And he's enabling us to reach new levels of generosity. And the board has committed to keep growing in generosity yeah. by giving away an annual offering over and above our current giving as explained mm. in the pie chart, right? The Taruma tithes, uh, poor, poor tithes each year. And it will be an annual expression of our thankfulness to the Lord for the many ways that he has blessed us. So it's a top-up amount. It'll be over and above the annual harvest offering. It won't be the same amount each year, but it will be an offering over and above that. Um, and as mentioned, this principle of giving this tithe away from ourselves has been operating from the very beginning of new life. Um, and we are, in fact, giving away um, more, much more than yeah. a tithe. That's important to say that. Yes, it is. And it's we're, we're just wrapping up now. I just wonder mm. if the worship team can come up as Wayne, you conclude. Yes. So what I, just to say, we, we want to keep growing in the grace of generosity as a, as a community. And uh, I slightly reworded Paul's letter to the Corinthians and, uh, to, for you all to see and to say this about this. You know, wouldn't it be... This is a great testimony for us as a church where 
where we would be able to say, and people would say, now I want you to know what God in his kindness has done through New Life Church Fremantle. They are filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. That's a great testimony to have as a church. And for that witness to go around the world to places we'll never go to. And um, as we have been able to be generous to people all over the world. And um, looking back through the record of where funds have gone. And the people, the thousands of people that, that this church has assisted both locally and internationally is quite staggering. And that reality of when we stand before God and we go God you were faithful and I was faithful with what you entrusted to me and I gave generously to you Lord God's promise has always been that those of us who are faithful in the little things he will entrust us with larger things so when we're being faithful with whatever amount of finance that we have we're paving the way for the Lord to entrust us with greater things and it always starts in our hearts by giving our heart first to him and then things follow out of that and so as we wrap up this series and this message today I want to encourage you to say to the Lord, Lord, my heart first and my finances will follow because that's what you're after. You're wanting me to grow. So as we want to grow as a church in the grace of generosity, but you make it your own prayer as well, people, for yourself to say, I want to grow, God. We as a family, those of you sitting together as families, dads, reach out and, and say to your family, let's us commit to grow in the grace of generosity. Let's, let's see, let's ask God to increase this in us so that we as a family will be, as a household, we will be a pipe that will flow through and be a great blessing and honour for, for him and his sake. And so that when we stand before him, we'll say, Lord, it was our great joy. It was our great joy to release and grow in this grace of giving, growing in the grace of generosity. And you think, I wonder how far God will let us grow in that. That doesn't mean we won't be tested. Julie and I have continued to grow in the grace of generosity. But we've also experienced, even as we've given more, we've, we've sometimes experienced where our own finances have been reduced. And again, we've had to say, Lord, we'll trust you. Our hope and our trust isn't in our finances. It's in you. So we will be faithful to you because we know you'll always be faithful to us. And God has been and continues to be faithful to us and God will be faithful to you as you give yourself your whole heart you surrender to him as Lord and say yes God I'm going to bring my finances into godly order I'm going to follow the biblical pattern I'm going to grow in the grace of generosity to honour you Let's bow our heads and pray together. Using again Paul's words from 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 7. Paul said to them, Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love for us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. And Father, here we are before you. As your people, we thank you that you are enabling us to grow in love, in worship and obedience as we've given ourselves to you. And we come back to that very foundation 
the very first foundation that we laid at the beginning of this series was that all of this is a response to the grace that you've lavished on us God you're not looking you made the first move as you always did and all our responses are response to your grace God the grace that we have received through Jesus Christ that grace that will enable us to stand in adoration and worship with the myriads of angels and the people from every tribe and tongue and nation around your glorious throne. We will stand forever in awe and gratitude. So God, we're asking you, grow us in this grace of generosity, the act of giving. Lord, not just in our finances, but in our time, in our hospitality, in all the other ways, that we'll be a people, God, marked by generosity, that it will be a characteristic of every household, every individual, Lord, in New Life Church. Be, continue to be a characteristic of us as a church, that when people hear of New Life Church in Fremantle, the testimony is that that is a generous people, because they serve and love a generous God. Lord, make your fame great through our generosity. We pray for the honor of your name today and every day. Amen.